Hello, and welcome to The Dentrepreneur Show. I am Dr. D. Todd Russell, a dentist and entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience. On this show, we're going to discuss, engage, and prepare you for taking your practice or business to its end game. How do you grow it? What metrics do you track? How do you know when is the right time and what things you need to have in place to create the best long-term value for your business and wealth for yourself? You need to polish your spirit and prepare yourself no matter how far along you are in your career. Hello and welcome back to Dentrepreneur Show. This is Dr. D. Todd Russell. Today with me, I have a longtime friend and special guest, Mr. Russ Baker. Russ and I know each other from a personal connection as well as our time in the dental space. A number of years ago when I launched my DSO, Russ was one of the guys that we reached out to to talk about uh, the boring topic of procurement or supplies. Russ is an expert in this area. He had a long career with um with uh, Shine, and now he is the Vice President of Equipment Repair and Supplies for Dental Whale. Russ, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Todd Russ. It's good to, good to see you, my friend. It's been, good to see you, too. Yeah. You're down there in sunny uh, Charlotte. Uh, enjoying, I'm assuming sunny. It looks like, I don't know if that's a <laughs> fake screen behind you there showing sunshine or if it's really what's happening behind you. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a little fake backdrop there, but it is. Well, it's a little, little cloudy today, but it has been beautiful. The allergies are in full force. So, Perfect. Great. Yeah, we don't have that up here in Cleveland just yet, but it's coming. Oh, yeah. Well, Russ, you know, I'm this segment of my of my show that I'm working on right now involves, you know, guys like you talking about, we're breaking down sort of the, the PL, the important things in the dental space that as I am building my practice for my eventual exit, the things I really need to pay attention to and why. So key areas, cost of goods and services, right? If, if those of you that have listened to my show already know, I've broken that down on the PL show, but Goods and services, dental supplies, dental labs, right? So along comes Russ. Russ, we know that it's supposed to fall within some kind of magical percentage of mm-hmm. our total revenue, right? We use three to six percent for my organization. You know, some say higher, some say lower. I think that might be a pretty big range. But tell me your feeling and what you guys are seeing on your end as far as uh, how that looks for a lot of the groups you work with. Yeah. And, well, thanks for having me on. And I think what you're doing here, Todd, is great as far as just kind of educating, you know, bringing on folks. Thank you for having me on just to kind of help educate and kind of learn a little bit about the business side of dentistry. Because I think all too often, specifically with solo practitioners, and I've been doing this now for 30 years, so three decades, which is kind of weird to say, but true, yeah. is you find a lot of people that spend a lot of time kind of you know, working in their business, but they don't kind of put on the CEO hat and kind of work, you know, on the business. So specifically as it relates to um, some of your variable costs, which would be your procurement, so your supplies and your, your lab, what we see is that it's a range, right? We try and, and keep our docs we work with it, like setting a goal of about 4% of production. I think the reality is it's usually around eight, sometimes even a little bit higher. And I would also include like office supplies into that as, as well. Okay. That, that okay. you know always wind up about you know about two to two and a half percent. So, but if you take a look at supplies in lab, I think most people, when you combine those, are probably close to about twenty percent of their expenses for the on, on top of uh, based on your production, about eight or so in supplies and about ten to twelve on lab. 
And we like to see the practices that we work with to be in probably about 10% range. So about 4% for supplies, roughly about 5 or 6% for, for lab. And it's achievable just by really kind of putting in systems and then holding the team accountable to the system. Yeah. And those numbers that you speak of, that's exactly what I've seen in my consulting, in my review of practices for my own group, is that the single doc tends to be in that 15 to 20% where we're constantly trying to beat it down to that 10 to 12%. These are combined numbers, obviously. It is achievable. But at the same time, you've got to be careful that, you know, sometimes uh, some of my colleagues, you know, they can only use the yellow one. Well, the yellow one costs more than the blue one, and they, can, they can't get past that. My advice to them is, hey, just try the blue one. And if the blue one, to try the red one, because the yellow one is just really expensive. Or here's a better idea. Why don't you work with a company that can call the guys that make the yellow one, right? And they can start throwing their weight around on your behalf, right? Great segue into dental well there. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, helping you out, brother. No, but seriously. And that's exactly what I do. When I have people who want to talk to me about a better way to improve their bottom line so that they can take their practice to market, get a better value for it. These are the kind of things I say, we got to talk to the experts, like you said, in your business and on your business, but also sometimes you just don't know. Let's bring in the people that do know and help you out and help you drive those numbers down. Now, do you think it's really achievable that that percentage though for a single shingle doc, or do you think it's harder it's definitely harder, but if you don't have the right system in place, uh, but it's definitely achievable. So dental whale. So basically just a little commercial, sorry. No, but it's okay. It's we, okay. We basically do four things. We do supplies. We're a distributor for capital equipment. We do repair. So we own the dental fix business. We have 215 vans on the road, road and then we do education. So in education, we do in-person education, and then we've, we've built a a business management platform that has a learning management system on there that is for education. So we have remote learning and then, of course, in-office learning or in-person learning. And Dr. Scott Luna, who is a co-founder of Dental Whale, also owns Breakaway Seminars. And that's really kind of the in-office learning or in-person learning. And then we have another business that's called Front Office Rocks. And that is a subscription-based model for office managers to really kind of learn more about how they can put in different systems to, to help with the efficiency within the practice. So we do supplies, equipment, repair, and education. So specifically when it comes to supplies, what we've done is we've created a GPO. So a group purchasing organization where now we have over 2,500 offices that are part of our GPO. And so what does that do for the, the solo practitioner or the practitioner that has even up to three to five, mm-hmm. sometimes even more, yeah. but it gives them leverage buying power. Mm-hmm. So we go and negotiate with the manufacturers. We can negotiate as well as some of the largest DSOs on, in the planet because we have 2,500 members, which is there's not that many offices, even in the largest DSOs. And we've created a formulary of products that we get the best pricing on. And what we have found and we've demonstrated to our manufacturer partners is over 50% of the items that are purchased come through the dental oil formulary. And we have over 5,000 SKUs that are in that formulary. And that's where you're going to find your best savings. Yeah. And to your, to your point that, you know, the yellow, the blue, the green, you know, you, you'll find a wealth of the things within that whole realm. But, you know, we found like the non-technique sensitive items, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a different criteria for why you choose one product over another. And right. oftentimes it can certainly be priced. 
Uh, yeah, but but even within the formulary, honestly, there's products like from Kerr and Calk and 3M that are all top shelf, but they have better price. And here's something for the listeners on this. Look at every dollar you save drops down to that magical term called EBITDA, right? That's net operating income. So that's above all the accountant stuff, which at the very bottom is what you pay taxes on. EBITDA is what you're going to sell your practice based on. Every dollar comes back to you in a four, five, six, seven times multiple, depending upon who's buying it, the time they're buying it, and how big you are at the time you sell. I've already gonna, I've already talked about that. And so if not, we'll reference back to the PL conversation on a different podcast that I had. But think about that. Get away from the yellow one. Go get the blue one. Or work with Dental Whale and get the yellow one at a dollar cheaper, and it'll come back to you fivefold. Yeah. It, it's amazing when you start to realize that's the case. And by the way, the other thing about it coming at you fivefold is if you demonstrate this consistency over time, not just a month, not a quarter, but years, multiple years of keeping your keeping your procurement costs, your all of your costs at a steady level rate. It's going to pay off because that demonstrates systems. And that's exactly something you just spoke on. And I know you said, uh, Dr. Luna, I have not listened to or been a part of any of his continuing education series, but uh, you've mentioned to me, Russ, that he's got some great programs uh, for, and I'll let you take off from here, uh, the different segments as far as um, emerging DSOs and uh, the new dentists and things. So why don't you take it from there on on what he presents? Yeah, no, I'm happy to. So so he, he has several different seminars. The first one is called Advanced Startup. That is really for the recent graduate who is looking to get into ownership faster, right? So he basically teaches like a lean philosophy on how you can set up your practice without a lot of the you know smaller operatory sizes. You don't need cabin Sicily on you know on, on the three and six o'clock. You know you can really work from the twelve o'clock. Integrating technology into the practice, but really streamlining the practice so that you can. Get into practice earlier at a much lower price point so that you can see the benefits of being an owner than actually going to be an associate for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. We also see a lot of associate docs that come to advanced startup because they're ready to make the leap to go into practice ownership. And the big thing that he does is he basically you leave there with a like an operating manual that's a couple inches thick that basically gives you all the systems that you need to get started. Mm-hmm. Right. It's one thing to learn about this in a course, you know, a two-day course. It's another thing to put it into practice. And that's actually where I like to see like people actually work with a coach on a local level to actually help implement these things into the practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan, always have been a big fan of coaching and education. But yeah, Dr. Luna has a great program for startup practices. He has another one that's called uh, Business Mastery. And that's really for the dentist who's been in practice for a little while that is entrepreneurial that has maybe one to three practices, but is looking to put in systems also so that they can start to scale the business. So you can go to five, you can go to 10, but whatever, whatever it is that you desire, right? Yep. And without having systems in place, it's virtually impossible. And it's also hard to get the funding that's necessary in order from a bank without having proper systems. And then you wind up going several different routes, but it basically allows you to kind of shorten that learning curve and, and, and start to scale your business in a different way. There's another course on technology, another course for office managers, et cetera. But uh, there's, it's, it's a, there's a wealth of knowledge there for breakaway seminars led by Dr. Luna. 
And I was just going to say, I know we can get into this. Uh, I'll ask you at the end again for the connection, but if someone wanted to check out his seminars, where would they go? Just do breakaway seminars. Okay. Breakaway yeah. seminars, just yeah. Google it. And you can pick up some some great tips and and take some of his classes there and and learn. And certainly you can reach me through, you know, all of my media outlets if you have any questions and I can help facilitate a little bit. You know, I personally do, I don't necessarily do the co- I do some coaching, but I do some strategy planning for the docs. One of the things that I try to do is it's that operations manual that is this thick, although I hope it's digital and not really that thick anymore, but um, as ours is, uh, right? But you just got to take it little bites at a time. It's just this week I'm going to accomplish this, this month I'm going to accomplish that. And then that big daunting task isn't so so daunting anymore and you eventually achieve the goals. But systems are key. If you don't have them, you're not going to be able to scale. And finally, you're scaling for what purpose? Oh, the purpose of Dentrepreneur LLC is to talk about your exit strategy. You're scaling for a reason. Sure, in the short term, short term might be 10, 20 years, you're scaling so that you can receive revenue, income without having to practice dentistry as much. Maybe you own multiple offices, you've got associates, it's kicking you cash, you're living high and mighty without, you know, without ever having to spin the drill yourself. But in reality, you're working towards that exit at some point. And all of these systems are important when it comes to somebody who's valuing and evaluating, as we talked earlier. So, yeah. And one thing to expand on that also is, you know, the, the, the systems reduce stress at the end of the day. Yeah. And so they reduce stress for sure. So yeah. when you are, when you're in a practice and, and you're kind of, you're, you're the, you're wearing the CEO hat as a dentist, you're the, the CFO, you're the marketing manager, mm-hmm. you're the HR director. Oh yeah. Guess what? You're the number one producer too. Right. So you have a lot going on yep. for sure. So yep. it's very helpful to have the systems. Plus, in today's world and economy, I'm sure many of the folks that are listening have experienced turnover, right? And staffing challenges and whatnot. And so you want to make sure that those systems are in place so that when there is any type of turnover, that the next person can be plugged in, that they actually have the systems in place and they're ready to go. When it comes to actual procurement, and I know you wanted to, to talk a little bit about that, yep. we have a, a five-step process for procurement that is very achievable. It's just really about taking the time and putting the process in, in into play. Right. And it's really just basically five things. Centralization, join a group, utilizing formularies, using a procurement system that is a single sign-on that will allow you to route your orders to wherever they're going and they're easily trackable. And then last thing, setting a budget and then holding the team accountable. And so it's really beyond straightforward, but it doesn't take that much time to do, but you'd be surprised how few people actually do it. No, I see it. I see it in the in the practices that I'm consulting with. I see the practices I've evaluated. Heck, to some degree, I saw it. In my, I see it in my own practices at times. The uh, the doctor, you know, the lead person is totally being pulled in all the directions. I used to say I was head of maintenance and chief of security. <laughs> right, I kind of fit in with everything. But you know, one of the things though about systems, and I, I've been thinking about this more recently. We talk about whatever system it is. So I'm I'm an emerging DSO. I've got. 10 practices, 12, 15, maybe three, but I'm, I'm emerging as that, as that person or that entity. I've got these systems. My systems are great. I'm demonstrating you know, an EBITDA margin of 28%. I'm demonstrating I've got my supplies and lab combined at 10%. I've got all these great systems. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to sell. And now I'm going to sell to this guy who's got different systems. 
it almost feels counterintuitive until, in my opinion, and this is what the question, what I've seen is that the best systems are the ones that are copycatted, repeated, and for the most part, that's what the successful ones are doing. It's the same system. It is. You know, right? I mean- It it, it 100% is. Which means don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Right? Copycat. Find out who's out there doing it. You know, if it's dental whales doing, you know, they've got this procurement system, blah, 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 and how to do it. And then you find out that, oh, so-and-so is doing this system as well. And you dive into the into the roots of it. And here it's almost, I'm not going to say that yours is definitely proprietary. Don't hear me wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is that, you know, 80% of it are the same. So find out what those best systems are and start to implement them. Get a good coach to teach you and the team how to do it, right? And then start executing on it. And don't, the other thing, I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of my colleagues start to, they get this great idea, they do it, and then they do it for about six months and then it just kind of falls off. Right. And they forget right. about it. Used to be with dental, dental equipment in particular, you've been in the business this long, you would know. Every time I go in an office, I find out, okay, where's the closet of all the stuff you bought and didn't even yeah. use once? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And there's a little graveyard. There's some, yes. some boat anchors yeah. out there. There's for a question. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So my show, we talk about exit. That's what we're preparing for, right? It's, I wrote this article and I've mentioned it multiple times on the show, dear 35 year old self, I'm 35. I bought this practice. I, I've got the old, the old guy or gal still working for me. And I'm, I'm thinking down the road, right? My practice, I want it to grow to a certain point. Have you seen, you know, I mean, I know you've seen plenty of dentists. You've worked with plenty of groups. Have you seen a sweet spot where, maybe an emerging DSO has its best life or where a single practitioner gets to a certain size? Yeah. Boy, that's a good question. You know, I think for the, for the solo doc that is ready to kind of move to the next level, the question is always like, when do I bring in an associate? Yes. Right. Big question. Starting there. So historically that number was, lower than what it is today. <laughs> but it certainly it used to be at like around $800,000 in production is when it made sense to consider bringing in an associate. Do- doctor only production? Doctor only production. Doctor only production. So hygiene's, yeah. hygiene's another 70-30 split. So 70% is 800. Yep. So roughly you're a million one practice-ish. Yep. Okay. It, it, because you you really, and you also have to have the right size facility, right? Yes, you have to right. you have to have the facility that can sure. support bringing in associate doctor, and then you work from there, or at least have the ability to to expand. Because the worst mm-hmm. thing you can do, even for the for the associate too, is have them come on and just to do the things that you don't want to do. Right, <laughs> right. It's not exactly the best experience. Or for, see the for people anybody. you don't want to see. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, no, no, you'll yeah, love exactly. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, years ago there was one group we were working with, and for for Christmas they would give each staff member that their Christmas present was that they were allowed to fire one patient. And I tell you what, I think they all look forward to that, 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 yeah, one, yeah, yeah. that, that time of year because they're like, okay, I'm not going to see that person anymore. And so yeah, I think dealing with the general public is, is a very unique thing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But uh, uh, so sweet spot. Exiting sweet spot. So yeah. So sweet spot for bringing an associate sweet spot for actually now, are you talking about like actually when it's time to expand and, and move into second office, third office, et cetera. Sure. And then when do you dump the whole thing? Yeah, boy. So as far as let me kind of work in in reverse. So what I have found is that 
in order for a private equity group to come in to look to acquire the business, the minimum requirements that that I've seen, I wouldn't say minimum, but what they I think ideally are looking for on mm-hmm. the lower end is that once you do $20 million in production, mm-hmm. right, and can drop $5 million to your EBITDA line, yep. which is 20%, then it's worth them doing the due diligence to go through the process. And then and at that point, you know, things have changed in the last couple of years, specifically with COVID and staffing costs rising and whatnot. So achieving that 20% is absolutely doable, but we're seeing that the multiples are coming down a little bit. Yep. Okay. There's still- Interest rates, borrowing money is cost more too. Yep. So, or even private equity money isn't even borrowing, it's using the investor money, but they're given that pref and it's still, yeah, right. we're seeing, I've seen that quite a bit. But it's still an arbitrage. Right, so yeah. if you if you start with you know a solo practitioner, practitioner, and if you were going to sell that one practice, let's say you do a million dollars in in production, and you know you're going to fetch a two and a half multiple on your on your EBITDA, and you have seventy percent overhead, right? You know you're going to walk away with six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So now let's take that same scenario, play it out, right? And where you can capture an eight or a 10 multiple, right? Mm-hmm. Once you grow up to that level, mm-hmm. that is an arbitrage by definition. Yeah. Right. And what is different is that it is, you, you, you have built a system that you can uh, replicate mm-hmm. and that a lot of companies and a lot of private equity groups are very interested in, in, in acquiring because they look at it as low risk. Like I think back to like the years of like in the great recession, 2008, 2009. When things were were really bad, and at that time I was with a very large uh, distributor, and prior to that we were growing at a really nice clip. During the Great Recession, we didn't drop, but we we leveled out, yep. right? And so, and I think a lot of dental practices went through that exact same thing. And so, it's a hedge against the entire economy. It's healthcare, and it is it is not. I would say it's not immune from macroeconomics, but it's highly resistant. So people who look that they want this dental in their portfolio, they like the economics within dental. They also enjoy that the the oral systemic link, that good oral healthcare will lead to overall better healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of positive things about the space that are happening and more technology that comes into dental. I think the dentist is going to be on the very front, on the forefront of overall healthcare. And there's yes. a lot of exciting things for that, not only today, but in the future that I think a lot of people are very interested in dentistry that will overall improve people's health. So there's a lot of exciting things happening. But you know, talking about kind of just what, what it looks like, the ideal scenario, I think it varies quite a bit, Todd, to be, to be honest. I'd be, I'd be more curious to hear your perspective on it because I think you see a lot yeah. of this. No, Russ, it was, a, I mean, it's a pretty deep question. You know, there's a lot of variability, you, the way you could answer that. But you're already touching on things that other guests have hit on, okay? You've said systems. You've said it's, it's easily replicable. I think Ray Kroc and McDonald's, right? It's bam, bam, bam. That's what you want. This is my system. This is the way it's done. You know, I'm Dr. Russ Baker. It's the Baker way. That's how we do it. But to build the Baker way or the Russell way, I call it plagiarism. Others call it modeling. Mm -hmm. Someone else has done it already. Go find a system that attracts you that's been successful and implement it. And you'll get value 
from those systems. As long as you're also in, in the systems include things like paying attention to your PL, knowing all of your line items on expense. We all know topside revenue. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that. Oh, I made a million dollars of revenue, $2 million, whatever. But it's how you spend it thereafter that's really important. And that's where you know you guys come into play on the on the equipment and the supply side. And then mm-hmm. of course, anything that can educate us. And I'm a big believer in the education side of this as well. Every day I learn something new, right? You hear that all the time. It's true. Uh, you know, every day you learn something. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the, the other, the big thing that we didn't spend a lot of time is that it's labs, your, your yeah. lab expense. You know, we, we work with three main national lab partners mm-hmm. that, I mean, you can get full zirconia crown for, you know, $50. Yeah. Right. Full cast high noble, $99. You yeah. know, take, take that it's high quality too. And then the exciting things that are happening right now also is, you know, moving to like a, a intraoral scanner and actually sending it to your 3d printer to do different things as well so yep. there is a lot there are quite a few things that are going to oh. continue to reduce the overall spend within a practice and that are also better for the patient as far as like the timing of things and same day dentistry yeah I, and in fact you hit the nail on the scanners uh, the scanner technology and I don't really think I've talked about this on the show, but I was actually anti-scanner for quite some time. And I'm always anti-new technology until it passes my litmus test, which is a little bit of time, right? Mm-hmm. So the first scanners that came out and, you know, we've both been around for the same amount of time. So the first scanners that came out were, you know, put the powder on the tooth and it was so technique right. sensitive and a drop of water got it distorted everything. Now I'm scanning for just about everything and it's being sent off digitally to the lab. It comes back in three to five days, even if I'm not doing in-house dentistry. I actually don't mind it leaving. That's a, a personal philosophy. I don't mind the patient leaving and coming back. Yeah. I feel like it's a it's actually a marketing thing for me. Mm-hmm. I always think, oh, you know, hey, where were you? Why'd you take the afternoon? Oh, I had to go see Dr. Russell. I love that guy. You yeah. know, then they come back a week later. Oh, I, where are you going? I got to go back to Dr. Russell's. I love that guy. You know, <laughs> it's twice they've said they love me. Now, yeah. if things go bad, now then they get, oh, why are you going? Oh, my tooth hurts, Dr. Russell. But I know he'll take care of it because I love that guy. That's what I yeah. hope they say. That's great. Not that SOB, I'm going to kill him. But it is, a, it is a, they become a voice box for you is one of my philosophies. But still, that technology is key. It reduces cost. It used to be, Russ, the other thing was that anything that was sent to some of these larger labs was, it was going to China and it was being made with lead and it was coming back. Okay, that's over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. We've got to get that think out of our heads. That was, um, I guess we would, what we call that in this day and age, we'd call that what is uh what's the 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 media term fake news oh, fake news fake news i think yeah. i think that's yeah. fake news now yeah. okay we know that when we send it to some of these labs we've got a big one here in cleveland road dental you know i've driven by the facility it's giant yeah. it's marvelous we know yeah. it's being done there so get that technology use that to drive your bottom line up right you know and you think, I mean, the labs have gone through quite a bit of consolidation themselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the smaller labs are really get, either got acquired or they went out of business. Yeah. And a lot of the, the labs that are left, right, they have the latest, greatest technology. They have the ability to do it right in the building. They uh, Many of the larger labs will have a, like an offshore option uh, yeah. as, as well. And that's something you just kind of have to take a look at and experience and see if it works for you and your practice. Right, right. 
Okay, so we see so you, you like I said, you circled a lot of things on which of these practices or where the sweet spots might be. One of the things we talked about, we, you said the eight hundred thousand dollar doc looking for the associates. So that's the one point one to one point two. I mean, the average dental practice is only doing eight hundred thousand in combined revenue in the United States. So yeah. you're above that. You're in that $1.2 million. You're a solo practitioner. You've got five to seven operatories, and now you're looking for that associate. And maybe it's my advice always is to start part time and work your way to full time. Mm-hmm. I did that my entire career. At one point, I had five hygienists working for me, and it was always a part time moving into a full time. And personally, the other thing about my practices is I like a lot of part time employees. Yeah. Um, talk about supply, right? You might pay them a little bit more on the hourly rate but you don't have to pay all the benefits because they're part-time. And so you actually wind up savings and then you have you know pieces, parts to move around. So just a little bit right. of an insight. I get into that further down the road in, in my podcast. So I'll, I'll be covering a lot of that stuff. But again, as I told you on the show, I go off on more tangents than there are, the, there are, there are tangents possible. <laughs> it's easy to do. There's a right? lot going on in dentistry. Right? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. I, I, I have the same issue. I, uh, kinda... Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, just before we started recording the show, you and I were, were just some great stuff. We were kicking around. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Now I promised you that this would be, you know, a spit and chiclets like podcast. So I guess I'm supposed to swear and have some funny stories. And yeah. I really can't do that this time. We'll have to do most of them off air or yeah. when we see each other next, uh, which hopefully is a Memorial day weekend. I don't know if you're going to be around. Yeah, possibly. Good possibility. All right, we'll see. Good we'll see. We go with some daily stories as well. So that's right. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And thank God for him. Um, yeah, no question. What a great man he was. Yeah. All right. So I know I've taken up a bunch of your time. I try to keep my shows as well. My listeners know to about a half hour. I don't try to bore people with too much stuff going on. So Russ, you're this energetic guy who's been a part of a, you know, essentially a startup now is wildly successful at Dental Whale. Tell us about you. Who Who's influenced you? I, I have, my listeners have heard the docs that shaped me early in my career, who they are the books that I've read by General Colin Powell, the speech by Vince Lombardi, what it takes to be number one. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my other clients, uh, clients, some of my other guests have told me, there. one read me a poem, one told me about a song. How about you, Russ? Who's influenced you? Well, good. That's a good question. It's a deep question there. Yeah, um, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I would say the person that's influenced me the most is my father. Okay. Yeah, by far. Uh, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, he was in the, the record business. Uh, owned a distribution company, a record label, and then a, a group of outlet stores called Record Theater. And so, you know, he was just always great. He passed away a few years ago. Rest, I'm rest, sorry. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. But he, he was by far my best friend, his mentor. And just, you know, we would just, we would just talk about business and life all the time. So, you know, one, one thing I, I learned about him and on the business side was, you know, he went through the record industry, went through, you know, the whole analog to digital world. Yeah, sure. And they didn't know really how to handle it, right? So, you know, what they did is they fought it. And it was a lot of legal battles and piracy and this and that. And the technology came into the industry and it wasn't going to leave, right? Sort of Napster and, and then obviously it transitioned and, you know, obviously Apple and Spotify and all that type of stuff. So their business model really took, you know, took it on the chin. And, you know, he was very reflective about that kind of later in his life. And it's just something that's always stuck with me. It's like embrace change because things will change and that's a good thing. And now, you know, put your arms around it and figure out the economics of what that is going to be. And you can change a business model, but always be open to change and always be open to technology and, and know that it's, it's not going to go backwards. 
And so hanging on to things too tight doesn't always work. So that, wow. that's how it answers. That's, that uh, well, first of all, my show is early stages of its life, I hope. Um, and after, you know, a dozen or so plus guests, they're the first one to say their father. And you're right. Embrace change. That's so true. And dentistry, well, go back to what I said about uh, about waiting out the litmus test of time for scanning technology. Doesn't mean you have to dive right in, but no, it's coming. And really, what is coming down the pipeline is so fantastic. It makes our job easier and easier and easier. The one thing that we haven't figured out, Russ, and I mm -hmm. wish we could, is if I could do the dentistry while I'm sitting on a beach in an island, <laughs> and I could do the work on somebody still in Cleveland in January, if we could get that technology. Yeah. Well, that's why I you mean, want to scale your business right, and have right. multiple offices and have passive income and actually work right, right, uh, right, you know, right. in the mouth. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for joining the show today. You did. You also uh, talked about the technology embrace for um, for your dad and his industry. Um, this show is available on Spotify. It's available on Apple Podcasts and also on YouTube. Please check us out. Please uh, refer me uh, and my show to all your friends and colleagues. We're trying to do the right thing here. I'm trying to build a series of um, shows and information to help you plan to exit from your practice. You have to start thinking at an early age how that's going to happen. And all of these people that I bring on here are just tidbits or little pieces of the bigger puzzle. So Russ Baker, if anyone wants to reach out to you and connect with Dental Whale and all of the resources you guys have at your fingertips, how can they get a hold of you, my friend? Yeah. Reach out to me via email is a great way. Just russ at dentalwhale.com. Anyone can call me directly. I'm wide open there. It's cell phone 704-776-2533. But yeah, look us up. Check us out on, on the web. Look at Dental Whale. And you know we can certainly help on the procurement side. We can help reduce your uh, expenses. We can help with education. And we are a capital equipment distributor. And we also have a very robust you know repair department in Dental Fix. So we're, we're there for everything. And my company is uh, proud to say we use Dental Fix and absolutely love that area of your um, your conglomerate, I guess we'll call you guys. <laughs> I am uh, Dr. D. Todd Russell. This is the Dentrepreneur Show. I appreciate your time today, Russ. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for joining us. Please follow or subscribe to this show on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. If you would like further information or to meet with me one-on-one -on -one and discuss your practice, please feel free to contact me through my website, dentrepreneurllc.com. Many more exciting guests and topics are headed your way. 